0: We have to be sustainable. It's not all about profit and money. The, the biggest challenge is not compromising on anything, I think. Don't listen too much to what people say about you or what you think people think about you or whatever. Just do what you think is right and it's gonna be fine.
1: Hi, I am Tatiana Pandirovic and welcome to Moonshot, a space where comfort zones don't exist. Having spent most of my life scared to take risks, The one thing I am seeking now is to be surrounded by more people who are courageous, bold, unafraid and relentless in their pursuit for success to help inspire me and hopefully you. In this podcast, we dive deep into the minds of individuals who see no limits, those who dream big and defy boundaries. Let's rise together. Today on Moonshot, we're thrilled to welcome Mehdi Zarul the global CEO of Moul, France's number one period lingerie brand. Under Medi's leadership, Moul has become a beacon of empowerment and innovation in menstrual care, redefining comfort and luxury for millions of women worldwide. Mool's impact is evident in its impressive global presence, with over 400,000 Instagram followers and a brand footprint across Europe, the United States and Australia. Mool isn't just a brand, it's a global movement. It boasts over 50,000 five star reviews, testifying to its commitment to equality and the empowerment of women. Get ready for an inspiring episode with Medi filled with insights into creating a successful, inclusive, and globally recognised brand. This episode is brought to you by Mool Australia, the global French brand which I introduced into the Australian market in 2023. Mool supports all women to embrace every cycle with elegance and empowerment. You can find out more at mool.com.au. Hi, Mehdi. Thanks so much for joining Moonshot today. This podcast is called Moonshot because it describes the idea of taking a leap of faith, doing something that takes real courage. What is a moonshot you're most proud of taking?
0: Hi, Tatiana. Thank you for having me here. One of the things that I would be proud of is, it could be called a mool shot.
1: Nice.
0: If I can, if I can make that joke. I
1: love. A I shot. love the play like, on words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, running a company is really hard, but when you have strong beliefs and what what you achieve, and 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 when you have this tons of feedbacks from your customers that that leads you in the right way, that kind of uh, make you proud of what you're doing.
1: And you should be exceptionally proud of everything you've achieved with Mool. Where did your journey begin, though, out of all the products you could have launched? What made you land on Period Lingerie?
0: I'm in the entrepreneurship since a few years now. Um, it's been seven years, actually. And, and yeah, we have launched many, many different products, uh, always guided by, by something more than money. Like always, guided with a with a specific project. It's the same situation for Mool actually, because uh, my wife was a lot con- a lot more concerned than me uh, into this project in the beginning. Uh, we are currently running the company together, but yeah, she she, she made me uh, think about how challenging can be period protection during almost uh one quarter of your of your time as a woman and and all the challenges related to it all the fears all the all all the yeah all the problems that it can cause and 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 related especially to health uh my wife was a a lot concerned about women's health that that's when she decided to switch to another protection method for for her period, and, and she didn't want to use, honestly, she didn't want to use menstrual underwear before, so I have to admit that.
1: And it's definitely been successful. You've got over 400,000 global Instagram followers, you've got over 50,000 five-star reviews. The product really is making a difference to lots of women around the world when you had just launched what kind of traction were you seeing did you go to market immediately with the offer that every first pair of underwear was free
0: yeah and honestly when we launched it it was not like uh, an immediate big success like people were afraid that for example we were a scam like how how could this brand come can can offer we we didn't have any reviews on the website we didn't have any instagram subscribers as we have today so it was hard for i think for customers to believe in what we were doing but but honestly it it was the first 2 weeks of the business that that were this way because i remember that story because it, it's 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 really something that 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 was uh Really touching. It's like we were on a weekend, two or three weeks after launching Mo on on like our online store. And one morning when I woke up, I had like hundreds and hundreds of notifications of sales on the website. And this day, we we have sold I think two thousand panties in just one day, spending like. 40 euros of ads so it was absolutely nothing compared to the impact and this is the the moment that we understood that it's going to be something uh it's going to be something big and and we have to do something about it
1: Two thousand panties you sold overnight how did that happen
0: yeah i don't know (laughs) honestly I, i still don't know because uh now to of course we we have uh uh, we have a big traction and everything, but it, it was really something that launched us, like something that almost a big sign saying, okay, you're on the right way. And, and we needed this at this moment, honestly. I think in the first two days we have sold the stock that we, were, that we were anticipating for two or three months, in two days. You
1: launched a new brand. Did you anticipate that you could potentially sell that many products? Did you have the products available?
0: no yeah we had the products but we were supposed to get the products for two three months of stock in advance and and we have sold everything in two days so no there was no way to anticipate that because we usually when you run an e-commerce like the efforts and and the the budget that you put in advertising for example is fairly related to your performance and your volume but now we were Spending fifty euros a day, so we were not supposed to get two thousand orders in one day. So this is something that we didn't anticipate and that we couldn't anticipate. But it was uh, mostly like organic impact, and and all women sharing the the good deal on Instagram and everything that that led us to 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 that point of, of orders
1: and to offer. The first Panty Free, which is an offer that you still continue with today, going to really the message that you shared earlier, that you are trying to make affordable menstrual care to all women around the world. How has that been economically sustainable for you?
0: Yeah, it was a big challenge. Honestly, in the beginning, it was absolutely not. Like, no way it could be profitable at some point because... uh, We asked for no compensation in exchange of that, like a few, like a small amount of shipping that we were applying to, to the order, but that was all. And, and and we knew also at this moment that. Okay. People seems to like the product and the offer, but it's not sustainable. And if we want to have a big impact, we have to be sustainable. It's not, it's not all about profit and money and, and, and all these kind of things. Yeah, money is important because if you want to continue doing what you're doing and, and give access to menstrual protection to women, you have to be sustainable in, in some ways. So we have made two important decisions. is higher the shipping costs on the website first to make the product still a lot more accessible than competitors can do
1: and you raised the shipping costs marginally, but I still highly affordable, and that way you could have had a profitable go-to-market strategy.
0: At least a break-even, because all customers were, were not buying only one penny, so we we, we kind of relied on the, on also the first customer that spends a little bit more on the website to compensate that loss. And, and also the second thing is, and uh, and this is my wife' ID, so I cannot take cr- any credit from that idea. But the other the other thing was to ask people to subscribe to our Instagram channel in exchange that they can have this free panty, and that what led us to the biggest and uh, under, the menstrual underwear brands, I think, even in Europe, uh, at least on Instagram, because women were really playing the game, and we were earning like. Sometimes we were earning more than 1,000 subscribers, 2,000 subscribers on per Instagram. day. It was really, yeah, on Instagram. It was a uh, really high traction.
1: That's significant. And so is there any other, you're now the number one period lingerie brand in France and one of the largest, if not largest across Europe. You've expanded to the United States. Are those the most important factors to your success, the fact that you have a great marketing strategy with the first product being offered for free, and number two, the way that you've been able to harness your social media presence, is there any other factors that you would say have been critical to your success?
0: I, I think that our marketing and the, and the way that we want to ensure the distribution of the product is made for is made to to have a a lot of impact. We can we can deal with a lot of orders with, without no problem now. It was not the case in the beginning, but now we can. But also we have incredibly incredibly products. Honestly, because we have uh, we have designed a few ones, and they are one of the m- the most affordable menstrual underwear, but also the most effective and 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 the most uh, uh, comfortable. And we use organic cotton, for example, inside the panty. We use really high quality materials, so we are cheaper, but we are also, I think, uh, the best quality on the market. But this is also due to the volume that we have now, because we have uh, we have been experiencing the products with our customers, like all the feedbacks that they gave us, helped us improve the quality of the products and. And we have many feedback because we 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 give a lot of panties to for free to customers so they can try and and give us feedback. So we have a lot improved the products. So it's not only about marketing.
1: It's definitely the product as well. And you've built quite the community with them all as well. And I think you mentioned to me recently that you've even been inviting some of your customers to share their feedback with you within Studio what are some of the other efforts that you've put out into the market to really build this huge community that you've managed to grow?
0: It was something that we did naturally like customer is everything like if 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 a customer decides to spend some money uh, at mall and not some somewhere else it's because they have something in return and it could be high quality products or or, or marketing or dream about the products or or anything but we have also grown our community including our customers in in, in almost in the decisions of, of the company like what model should sh- should we launch like what do you like what do you think is comfortable what what do you think can be improved and we keep a really close link uh, with our community right now even if we have a lot of people we keep a close link with them because they they give us really really precious informations and we are really happy to share that with them and yeah you, you you've been talking about the events that we, that we've made in france pro- probably because we want to democratize the the menstrual underwear
1: you, you you suddenly have this really big platform you're delivering a product that is serving a real need in the market which hasn't been addressed Sure, there is menstrual products. A lot of them are actually made with toxic chemicals. Mold makes products that are natural and they're affordable and you give them out for free to try, but also you're bringing in the community that you represent, which is all types of women to showcase a brand, to do photo shoots with a brand where they wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity or have been asked traditionally just because of the entire very ultra thin model that's often displayed in any targeted advertisements by any brand.
0: Yeah. It's like standards. Like you have to fit in certain standards to, to, to be shown. And, and so people didn't even, uh, didn't even think about this. And, and so I, I just have a short story about this because when we when we've made the first big shooting, it was a really big event. Like for us, I mean, it was 30 women and we have, uh, rented a, pl- a specific place with a photographer and everything. And we were recruiting from our community, the models we were recruiting on Instagram
1: from your customers.
0: Yeah. From our customers saying on Instagram, Hey, we're making this big event. Do you want to be part of it? And we, we have been having like 400 applied, like in, in, in two days. And when I've told the photographer what we were doing, who we were, et cetera, et cetera. She was asking to me like, but you don't choose the model regarding like uh, what they look. You don't ask pictures. Like,
1: <laughs> and you're like, no, we want all women.
0: Yeah, she was shocked by this, but we we insisted uh, with that with my wife and 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 the team was a hundred percent with us uh, about this. We we don't want any picture. We just want people that love the brand and people that want to have a good day. And of course, people that want to be in front of camera, which is not easy, but we were not like asking any pictures. And the photographer went back after the event, it was really fantastic. And after the event, she came to us and said, I think it was the the most beautiful shooting I've made in my whole career. Like, I don't know if she meant, and I don't know if she was uh, 100% honest about it, but. She really looked like she. It was, it, it was an amazing event. Yeah, it was genuine, natural, like, and, and, and the ones that were here were not here for, because it was their job or for money. They, they were here because it, it was a deep project for her. Like, I'm gonna do it. They came across all friends taking trains and everything to come for, for this specific day. And they were so happy about it.
1: That is very cool. And so Mool is obviously very large today. How big is it really? How many products do you sell every day across the world?
0: Now, it's it's hard to say because we have a, a B2B retail now that is launched. But uh, in, in average, uh, I think it's about 2,000 to 3,000 panties every day. So that's a lot. And we want to do more uh, because now, as we are growing, we have more and more recurring customers. Because people that are trying the products and like it are often uh, coming back to us to buy some others. So, yeah, uh, the the impact is is going to be larger, uh, I think, in a few in a few in a few years.
1: I am so confident of that. I've got a question around just some of the challenges that you've experienced over the years. What have been some of the toughest challenges that you've had to overcome?
0: There are many, actually. Yeah, to be honest, there's a lot of things. You have financial problems. You have logistics problems. You have also to hire the the right team to to handle all all these kind of projects and yeah, have the right people at the right moment. So I think that the biggest challenge was more in terms of uh, logistics, like how are we able to keep this offer that is really attractive and keep delivering people really fast and everything with no compromise on anything. Like if we offer the first panty. It does not have to be a compromise on the quality of the product or the time that it takes to...
1: Get to the customer and that you get delivery out.
0: Yeah. So the, the biggest challenge is not compromising on anything, I think.
1: So I've definitely shared some of your shipping challenges, uh, having recently launched a mall in Australia and trying to maintain an economic model. So you ship small underwear in most instance, instances within an envelope so that is one of the reasons why you can drive costs down and so something that I've been experiencing over the past couple of months is getting rejected by post offices, not having post offices want to send my letters at all trying lots of different types of packages and learning that a shipping cost that I was hoping to be two dollars is now suddenly ten dollars per product so offering a product for free it's a very different challenge and you've navigated through all of that and grown a very big brand it's not easy to scale
0: no it's it's really not and especially when uh, when the market is not ready because the the way that we were doing business was not the usual way people used to to, to spend uh, expensive shipping ways and expensive advertising costs and sell expensive products but we want to do the opposite of this so we had to challenge Everything like logistics, marketing, we have to kind of uh, reinvent e-commerce and marketing in in for our product to make it affordable, and, and and this was a tough challenge. But what what you what you noticed in Australia, like for example, the post office saying, "Oh no, no, that's not a letter. It, it is a letter. It's just that they're not used to ship that kind of product through letters." But regarding their conditions and and their standards it 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 fits a hundred percent.
1: Is there anything that surprised you about your journey with more?
0: Yeah, many things. I don't know how you say it in English, but women are really ashamed of talking about their period and even sometimes into into their own family or or with their friends or with the boyfriends or or whatever. And, and this is something that, that really struck me is that, yeah, like women are not comfortable talking about it. And, and, and especially, I don't know why it's, it's this way in the society. But so this is something I noticed. And this is something we want to struggle also uh, about because a lot of teenagers are worrying about what's happening. They don't They don't know how to talk about it, who to talk about it, and...
1: They feel uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, and me and my wife are trying to do a lot of things for that also.
1: I think it's such a big opportunity because it's definitely a taboo topic in society today, and we're in the modern century. It's a core part of being a woman, it's unavoidable. It's biological and it's a beautiful natural process, but there's definitely a taboo around it that all women experience from when they first get their periods as young adolescents as they grow throughout their lives. I have found that with more in Australia. So when I've talked to just people in general about what I'm doing with the brand, the two things that I find is women are typically immediately non-believers in the product. So there is this mindset around an uncertainty to try something different, particularly about something that is quite sensitive. And for a lot of the right reasons, when I tell any men or guys about the idea or the product, there's immediately an unnatural tension around it. And that just speaks to how much of a taboo the topic still is in society and how much more we can do to bring awareness to everyone
0: yeah a a lot of people laughed at me when when i said well what i'm what what kind of products i'm selling like and i don't even understand why they laugh it's like normal for me to to do that and and but mentality i'm 100 percent sure that mentality are really changing and with my wife i think the only uh, menstrual underwear brands that have this long term vision that all women underwear have to be equipped with a system of absorption and
1: protection what does that mean
0: it means that what we have the most in terms of feedback is women saying oh i don't even have the the feeling to have my period when i'm wearing period menstrual underwear because you you just you're just waking up and, and, and put a panty like you would do every day. Like everyone is doing that. So,
1: because the product is so good, because with using other brands in the market, but predominantly by using other products in the market, women haven't ha- experienced that feeling. And so, what you talk about is envisioning society where majority of women's underwear can have protection that's built in where women don't even feel that it's there, but feel absolute comfort is still a very new concept. You've recently started experimenting with different products as well. You have period swimwear, stockings, you've recently launched socks as well. The sky is the limit. What vision do you have for Moore's future?
0: Moore's future has to So it's going to be two visions that will have to converge into one thing. It's like our long-term vision to make all the underwear equipped with protection. So if we achieve that, we're going to be not a period underwear brand, but we're going to be an underwear brand. And if you're an underwear brand that sells menstrual underwear, but if you're an underwear brand, then you can achieve much bigger things because you can... You can touch everyone with your products and that that's what we want to achieve. We want people feeling comfortable wearing our underwear, feeling healthy and also affordable and, and feel comfortable because they're protected.
1: You can reach 50% of the market every day globally. Yeah, as
0: many people as possible because uh, once people try that, they most of the time, 90% of the time say that they cannot use any other protection method. So yeah, I think it's the right way. The more we spread the menstrual panties everywhere, the the better.
1: I agree. Entrepreneurship, you're obviously a very successful entrepreneur and have built a very large global brand. What advice would you share for anyone that might be listening that's thinking about starting their own business?
0: Uh, Don't do it for money. Especially now because, uh, entrepreneurship is really hard. Even in France, some competitors, uh, are closing like, um, because it's. Like globally, the economic contact is not good. So if you're, if you're launching a business to make money, you, you will, you will just quit in, in, in a few months or.
1: Why would, why would someone quit if they're launching a business to make money?
0: Because it's too hard.
1: You don't have something that's driving you forward.
0: You have to get a, a vision or a, a big project that that is
1: meaningful to you.
0: That is meaningful to you. Yeah, it's too hard. It's globally too hard. It, it's like uh, I don't know if if we can uh, uh, if we can say that, but it's like making children to not feel lonely when you're eighty. It doesn't make sense because it's just too hard. Before that, so. I know it's a different subject, but it's the same. It's like, do it for, for the right thing. Do it for the project and do it with a good ambition, but an ambition that is not, yeah, I want to be rich. If you want to be rich, just find a great company that is going to pay you a lot and you work a lot and then you're going to be rich. And then, it's going to, then you're going to be rich. And, and, and also, if you look at the rate of businesses that fails, yeah, you have to do it for for the right thing. Just do it for the project.
1: And what kind of character traits do you think it takes to be successful?
0: This is a hard question. I, I I'm I'm passionate about entrepreneurship in general. So what I will tell you is not about my experience because I don't feel like I'm successful. I'm just in the middle of a tornado trying to <laughs> to to find the right way to to perform. But I think that a lot of people that have suffered in their life, in some ways, it could be in their childhood or, or whatever, but suffered a lot, are more willing to, to succeed in entrepreneurship.
1: Do you resonate with that?
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% sure. I suffered on my side. And I know that this is something that drives me. I had to to think about it like a lot of introspection to find that, but I found that it was one of the things that, that 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 makes that you wake up every day, even if you've been traveling through really, really hard period of time, what makes you waking up the next day is that you have to prove something yeah more than more than money. Even sometimes more than the product and the company, it it has to to go over that, and that's my opinion, and and that's the opinion of some entrepreneur that that succeed also, but it's not it's not a truth a hundred percent, but it's an opinion.
1: Do you feel proud?
0: No. Nope.
1: <laughs> Do you always have that feeling that drives you forward?
0: I'm convinced that we are doing the right way, but I'm never satisfied. Like. You never have a hundred percent of your customers, for example, that are happy, and this is something that uh, that that I'm not accepting. And I know it's not possible, but I'm not accepting it. So I'm not. It's like making a, a recipe, but forgetting to to add an ingredient. You couldn't be happy about what you were doing, and and I'm feeling this way about what I'm doing all the time. And and I I need external feedbacks to to sometimes pause and say. Oh, that that, yeah. I'm I'm proud of what we've done. We've hired a lot of people. We have given chance to people to have new jobs. We have uh, we have been changing the way that women feel their period for hundred, a million women, but there there's still something missing that I'm running after.
1: Searching for, always looking to improve. There's a really uh, famous quote by Jeff Bezos where he says something along the lines of customers will always be wonderfully beautifully dissatisfied and there lies the opportunity to continue improving the product the service the delivery to always be providing a better experience but that paradigm will always exist and he said it in a really positively meaning way
0: yeah and and you have to be conscious about it because otherwise it ruins you like not everyone is happy but it's normal like you cannot make everyone happy uh, as a company so i'm struggling to accept that
1: (laughs) which is great through all the tough decisions you've done everything unconventionally in a different way than a lot of brands build and scale you ran a really lean margin business any challenge you experience could be hugely economically devastating When you've made decisions to continue on the path that you have to stick to the core values that you've got as a brand how have you known you've been on the right path
0: we've known that when we had a proof like one year after we launched more we have encountered a lot of uh, financial logistics uh, all kind of problems staff problems and everything and once the, the first year we found a break even and the bank was not thinking it was possible no one no one thought it was possible offering the first product and 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 find a break even one year after that so this is when we knew that we were on on a good track and and when potentially we had a good idea of of doing that you
1: had proof points that validated that you were doing the right thing
0: yeah and 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 this is uh this is one of the the crucial things because people thought about oh so, if you offer the first one then you 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 will have less money than the others and and if you think that way, then of course, it's not a good idea. But what we've noticed when when we've offered the the penty is that we we had to spend thirty times less in marketing than others to sell the products because just people talk about it and and this is something that we couldn't anticipate, but that that we're here to compensate the fact that we earn less money than others, which, which was a truth also.
1: That proved to be an incredibly sustainable and effective long-term marketing strategy. Mehdi, final question. If you had to give your 20-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: I've never been confident in, in myself. I was a bad student at school. I always thought I was dumb. I never had confidence in myself and I would say, I'm not someone that is a hundred percent confident now, but I would say this 20 year old Mehdi, do what you think is right and everything is going to be fine. Don't listen too much to what people say about you or what you think people think about you or whatever. Just do what you think is right and it's going to be fine.
1: Listen to your own truth. I personally find you incredibly inspiring and I'm very excited to be able to work closely with you and you mentor me in a lot of ways with Mool in Australia and I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity to learn from you. I think what you're doing with Mool is incredibly meaningful and I can't wait to see you turn your visions for the future of Mool into a reality. Thank you for joining.
0: Thank you, Tatiana. really thank you for your time. Really, I also appreciate our our visions because we share a lot of things in terms of visions and and that's uh, where I love to work with people when they share the same thing with us.
1: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Moonshot. If you felt inspired today and are curious about taking your own personal growth to the next level, check out my performance coaching website at leadwithtatiana.com. For more insights, stories, and behind-the-scenes content, follow me on Instagram at tatiana.moonshot. And if you have guest suggestions or topics you'd like explored, send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. See you soon for another inspiring conversation that might just be the catalyst to the growth you've been seeking.